Hey everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of Pink Shade with Erin Martin. We are not talking reality TV today. Well, maybe a tiny little bit. We are getting really culty. We are going to talk about Nexium, which I have touched on many times in the past. And you, if you're interested at all in cults, have seen in the news, especially this past year, because wow, shit is really hitting the fan with this group. It is really crazy all over the place right now. People are being put in jail. People are awaiting trial. Keith Raniere, who is in charge of Nexium, he is waiting for his trial, basically, and all signs point to him never being released from prison based on the evidence against him for human and sex trafficking through his group, DOS, which is a special segment of Nexium, which has this master and slave component to it. It's really sinister and really dark, but Nexium is way bigger than just DOS, although DOS is getting a lot of the attention right now, and Allison Mack, of course, is involved in this, the actress from Smallville. She's also awaiting trial. She was deep into this DOS sect of Nexium. She herself was considered a, quote, slave master and recruited many women to come into this diabolical sect. And she actually claims that she was in charge of the whole idea behind the branding of her and Keith's initials into the lower hip area of the women who were inducted into DOS. However, that's up for debate. Some people think that she is just so brainwashed that she's taking the fall for Keith, whose brainchild this truly was. I don't know what the truth is about that, but it is sure interesting. Also, the Bronfman sisters who we've been hearing about, they are the Seagram's heiresses who basically fund this entire organization. They are billionaires. And uh, one of them, Claire, has been arrested. She is at home on bail. She could make bail because she could fork over $100 million for it, which is just insane. And her sister, Sarah, I believe is abroad, if I'm correct. However, I'm wondering if she is going to face charges, if they can extradite her or somehow get her back into the United States. It's really a shit show. And I want to encourage you, if you're at all interested in Nexium, to listen to a fantastic podcast that is currently releasing episodes right now. It's a brand new podcast. It's called Uncover Escaping Nexium. I'm actually going to link it up in the show notes for this episode. I've been suggesting it on my Facebook group. Head over to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin's Facebook group if you want to talk about cults, reality TV, true crime, everything we're obsessed with. And this podcast, Uncover Escaping Nexium, actually interviews a plethora of people who have the inside scoop. It interviews specifically a woman who is a friend of the host who escaped DOS. She was branded. She talks about her harrowing experience and most importantly, and I think the most interesting part of this series, is that she really dives into how joining something like this isn't joining a cult. You think you are getting business classes, and then, you know, you're recruiting other people. It's like a pyramid scheme. It's it's making you money. You find friends there. She actually found her husband there, and it really gets weirder and weirder as this slow drip kind of kind of system. It's not all at once. You know, so I just think it's fascinating to hear from 
a first-hand source how that really works and to listen to her explain how she saw red flags but she would just sort of you know ignore them until the next one came or how she was defending things that now she looks back on and are indefensible it's fantastic also the host interviews you know tons of other people connected to nexium people who are on the inside he digs up old videos he actually visits a nexium center it's really fascinating you guys listen to it all right jordan from nation of recap is here with me today This is going to be a shorter episode, but he was willing to talk about Nexium with me because we discussed 90 Day Fiance the other week, and he is a recapper who covers all kinds of reality TV shows. But he is interested, like we are, in the truth is stranger than fiction world of cults. And so I had him do a little research on Nexium, and we discuss everything we're thinking. We go round and round about, you know, how can this happen? What's really going on? What will happen to these? people and we actually make some comparisons to 90 Day Fiance, believe it or not. So take a listen and I want to also remind you, if you have a specific interest in cults, I am launching a cults only podcast starting on Halloween day. So it's going to be end of October. Look for it launching with a whole bundle of episodes all at once, starting with at least a four-part series interviewing my mom. I've already started those interviews with her. She talks about her experience getting into the Kobu cult, the Church of Bible Understanding, meeting my father there who was also in it. He came from a very different background, but they were both drawn to this group and marrying him, having me and raising me for a while in this cult. She discusses just so much. I think you'll be really interested to hear what she has to say. It's been great talking to her and getting her firsthand account of really what I consider my origin story and I have so many questions about. So again, that is going to be a standalone cult series. I'm launching it on Halloween day and it will have many episodes all at once released so you can binge it over the next weeks or months and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I will let you know how to subscribe as soon as it's all solidified and you are going to love it if you love cults. At least I hope you will. Okay, let's listen to Jordan. He's got a lot to say. Here we go. wanted to do just a quick cult chat with you because I always like to talk cults with anyone who's interested ever. Can we just talk a little bit of Nexium because I know that you researched it this week and this this is like the hot cult, if we're going to call it hot, in the news this past year. There is so much news blowing up about it and it's probably because it has a little bit of a Hollywood element to it. So did you know much about Nexium before you started Googling? Um, I follow Google Alerts, you know what I mean? Okay. I, I've obviously heard about it and stuff like that. I think that a lot of things here um, really parallel to me to Scientology. Um, totally. Also, I don't want to I don't want to talk about it because I'm afraid of what will happen. Um, just kidding. But uh, honestly, I think that cults and just like personality persuasion are very interesting things. I've mentioned it a bunch of times, but I'm really interested in like strategy, reality, television games and the level of manipulation that you need to be able to do over an extended period of time is interesting to me. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person or not, but I think that this is so interesting to people because they all, everybody watched Smallville and people watched Battlestar Galactica and people see this guy who is kind of not operating under the 
I don't want to say the the front of being some sort of deity, but just being a, he's a schmuck who has a lot of ability to manipulate people, and I think that is really interesting from the outside. Yeah, it is really interesting. You're talking about Keith Raniere, who is arrested and he's in prison. He's in jail awaiting trial. He was not let out on bail because he was considered a flight risk. He started this company decades ago, and it is a different kind of cult because it has no religious elements. It is all about business, empowerment, career advice, and it has a lot of sexually divided, not sexually divided in terms of actual sexual intercourse, but a gender division where they yeah. do men's empowerment and women's empowerment. <laughs> I say empowerment. I'm of course not meaning actual empowerment because they basically enslave these people and it has different segments of it. I don't know how, how deep you went on this, but I'm definitely going to talk way more in depth about Nexium and the cult. I was born into the Kobu and many, many other cults on a podcast I'm launching in October of this year. It's going to be only focused on cults. It's going to be an extra podcast, a completely different one than Pink Shade, but diving into more serious topics. And um, Nexium is actually everywhere, which is scary to me. Like, they sell vitamins. They sell protein shakes. They are built on Amway. Keith Raniere was an Amway bigwig, and he basically stole from Scientology. He stole from Amway, and he made this a multi-level marketing scheme that also ended up having this cult aspect to it of making people subservient to him. It's it's so scary. It's it's kind of a different kind of cult than we've ever seen before. For me, have you have you ever seen any elements of um, mid level marketing coming in here into a cult before this? Because when I went pretty deep, I researched rather rather uh, thoroughly, and it's like I, I had never seen anyone blend so many different and and like at the surface conflicting ideals right. together and make them work out. Um, like for instance, we have like that DOS layer, right? And it's almost like similar to Scientology. When you first get in, things are good, right? They're helpful. You you seem like uh, some success in life. They target, um, you know, the Hollywood center, whatever you want to do, whatever comparisons yes. you want to make. But it seems like when you get further and farther in, you have to kind of reevaluate your, your opinions on things, similar to what happens when um, Scientology texts get redone and you have to re-go re through those trainings. But it just seems like the bottom parts are pretty good, but when you get up to that inner DOS level, it gets very bad and that master-slave relationship really gets fledged out in, in terms of branding, all those things. But I'm also, I'm from a similar part of the country from you. We talked about it on uh, my podcast, yeah. Nation Recap, a couple weeks ago. I'm from uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania, very close to like Binghamton and Albany and all those places. And I've seen those places around. And when I was doing some research in this past week, I saw, um, I, I found a video on YouTube where somebody was calling uh, Nexium Center trying to get information on joining uh, without being based on referral. And the, the notion of referral really stands out to me because I hate mid-level marketing. I hate advocate. I hate all that stuff. And it just seems to me like you have to bring people in, but once you bring people in, things just get worse, right? So why, why is there any incentive to continue? That's the part that I kind of didn't fully understand. There's a really good podcast out right now. What is it called? It is all about a woman who is, she has just gotten out of the DOS branch and this is the sex cult branch of Nexium, and this is the one that the news largely focuses on. And I really want to, you know, well, on another another day, another time, another podcast, I would love to dive into more of what Nexium is because it's so much more than the sex cult. But that is what the charges are coming up on because human trafficking, sex trafficking, is what is getting these people 
you know, arrested, which is good. Also, the racketeering, fraud, things like that are side, you know, charges, but there's so much more that Nexium plays a hand in. However, this podcast is called, let me see here, Uncover Escaping Nexium from CBC Podcast. It just came out. It's on like episode three right now. So it's a current podcast. I'd highly suggest checking it out, subscribing to it. It's a woman who just got out. She was in DOS and she talks about just what you're asking. She's, she, it, it answered a lot of questions for me too, because she discusses, okay, when you first go in, you're taking a class on how to build your brand. And then they, you know, they invite you into do these inner sanctum classes and they, you know, ask for money from you, but then you make money in certain ways. So it really is like an Amway scheme. And then you make more and more money based on your recruitment. So you're not recruiting people to the weird shit yet. You're just recruiting them to the business aspect. So the more people you recruit, the more money you're making, you're still really thinking this is a great idea because you're seeing your income go up. So it's like you're selling Rodan and Fields. I mean, you're out there Mm -hmm. like thinking, oh, this is a great business opportunity, especially for women. And they really prey upon people who are young, who are, they, they can't get quite off the ground in their careers. And they try to tell them, go after other people who are like you, just like you. So they don't want me out there recruiting like a, like you, like a 27-year-old guy. They want me out there recruiting a woman in her 40s who's starting a new business. And I can tell them all about my story in Nexium. That's what they really did. And then as it gets weirder and you start getting invited into the inner circle, you're not necessarily recruiting people to that. They're recruiting you from the large pool of people that you've already built. It's crazy. It's insane. When I was listening to this woman, I was like, oh my God, this is so frightening. And she kept saying, okay, there's a red flag here, but you know, I, I kind of moved past it because of this, that, and the other. And then there's a red flag here. And by the end of it, there are so many red flags that you can't even breathe and you just have to like run screaming and escape. But it's, it's a slow drip. And I had Tony Natalie. I talked about her on your podcast too. She was, she's Keith Ranieri's ex-girlfriend. She was, was mm. with him for eight years. And so she intimately knows him. And she was with him when he was building the company before he was calling himself Vanguard, before he tar- started this sex cult, you know, subsidiary of DOS. And she said it started as a business, but, uh, you know, a megalomaniac, a sociopath can turn anything into a cult. So some people turn religions into cults. In his case, he was good at multi-level marketing schemes. And so that is how he built his cult because at the end game is always control and usually sexual slavery of a lot of women, you know? And so his end game looked a lot the same, but how he got there was just with the tools he had. It wasn't religion. It was business. I just want to talk about him for a second. If yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, I watched that interview with Allison Mack, right? Uh, on, yes. um, very long, um, hour and a half probably. And, um, I frequent audiobooks and podcasts, lectures, TED Talks. I love guys like Tim Ferriss and Gary Vaynerchuk and just people along that level. Um, so I'm not foreign to hearing, you know, borderline self-help stuff, right? Um, he just spoke nonsense, and totally. she was she was captivated by by him lifting up a finger. And to me, I wonder <laughs> if it's a level of programming that's going on that's so subtle and so so effective, or if it's like. A level of improvement, and then that that he holds the power and like uh, the empowerment to make somebody more successful. I wonder, did his ex mention that he has like a magic penis or something like that, or how did that 
end up going there? Like, how did he make the jump from business to sex? Seriously, he is such a loser and he's not well-spoken and he's ugly. It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, none of these cult leaders really are. They're not like, you know, rock stars. They just have some kind of manipulation tool that really works with a certain kind of person. Now, here's what Tony told me and I was shocked. He has a background in hypnosis. Like he hypnotized her to stop smoking when he first met her and she never smoked again. He took her in a room. She didn't even remember what happened. This is before she had a relationship with him when she just went to one of his, like, basically his business conferences. And he said, what are you struggling with when they had a private conversation? And she says, oh, I'm like, you know, I'm smoking and I just don't want to anymore. I want to give it up. And he said, well, just come with me. And he, boom, did it. And he actually studied hypnotism. And I wonder if that has to play a part. I know I sound like a whack job saying that now, but she said that he has something going on with the manipulative tools he uses that has an element of like a hypnotic, like telling you the same thing over and over again. You know, he does the caloric deprivation. He doesn't allow them to eat a whole lot. He They do sleep deprivation in DOS. They call you all hours of the night. You have to reply within one minute or you're kicked out. I mean, they use a lot of tools that cults do use and my parents call my parents cult use these tools as well sleep deprivation is huge and at a certain point you become more susceptible to ideas being planted in your head because you've just got no resources left and i i don't know there's a lot of shit going on but it does not have to do with his personal charisma because his personal charisma is not that impressive yeah both of us are better orators than he could probably ever be right <laughs> just talking about 90 day shit yeah. yeah, and right. it's it's weird. We should start our own cult, but have it not be a cult and just be like a, a community. <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, in terms of just like hip, hypnosis and uh, you know, it, it, not in, not inflection, but just like being able to impress an idea on someone. Yeah. I think that that exists. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but it, it's this. Um, I don't want to call him an illusionist, but his name's Darren Brown. He has a couple specials on Netflix. Mm. One is called uh, The Push, and it's um, a one day special in which it's a very very large experiment, and they're basically trying to convince someone to commit murder. Everyone in the situation is an actor except for the person that the experiment is uh, being conducted on. They use different levels of manipulation. Asking someone for a small favor, setting them up to do a big favor moving forward. Just these little, um, very subtle aspects of human interaction eventually leading in a conversation where there is no way out other to, you know, outside of pushing somebody to their death. He's also done things in terms of like uh, beating horse races and uh, hypnotizing people to kill someone or, or um, oh trying to, yeah, trying to uh, do um, an experiment kind of uh, talking about John Wilkes Booth. And is it possible that he was being programmed and that he was uh, a victim in the assassination of uh, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln and stuff like that. So very interesting stuff. Obviously wow. it's show business and uh, um, you know, you could even call him a Vegas entertainer, or David Blaine or something like that. But I don't think that just because it's not fully understandable by um, two intelligent people like ourselves, that doesn't mean it's impossible, right? And I don't even think I agree. That the, the use of drugs and or deprivation or anything like that even need to be present. They probably help. But if you're good enough at what you do, and it seems like Keith is good enough at what he does – that it's possible to do a lot of things. It's possible to do a shit ton of things. I mean, 
the fact that he has such major money behind him as well, you know, they really groom these women. They have Claire and Sarah, it's Sarah, not Sarah. I always say Sarah. Claire and Sarah Bronfman, who are the Seagram's heiresses. They have the, those two women behind them with all of their fortune. Claire was just arrested and she posted $100 million bail. Who the hell has the kind of money to post $100 million? The judge said it's so high so as to prohibit her from, you know, making it. And she just posted it. She's like, yeah, I got $100 million, like, in my back We're pocket. We're talking about li- liquid assets. Liquid you assets. Li- you can't liquidate stuff in reaction to a bail. Your assets are mostly frozen at that point, I would imagine, at least, in most, in exactly. most circumstances. Exactly. Um, Talk about a flight risk, right? Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Did I you mean, see? Did you? Her her sister ahead. is already overseas. I mean, they're they're never going to get her sister. But here's the deal: they I in this you know in the interviews I've read with the women who have escaped, they say you know they really groom you in Nexium because you feel like you're part of this elite crowd. You know, the Bronfmans will send a private plane to pick you up to go to a conference. You stay in these like really swanky hotels. Now, at the end of the day, you're going to be tortured and branded, but you don't get there right away. And Tony Natale said something that also resonated with me because my my parents would agree. Nobody joins a cult. They join something else. And when you leave at the end of it, after you've gotten a hundred more steps down the road, then looking back is the only time you ever call it a cult. No one in a cult calls it a cult. It's just a, mm-hmm. it's just a slow drip. And so I feel like the money, maybe the hypnotism, whatever that is, the promises of success and fame, the fact that you're feeling empowered to recruit other people like you, it all plays a part in this Nexium cult. It's so dangerous. So what about what's going on now? I was listening to something this morning yeah. before we got on the call. And um, is Allison Mack being separate here? Is she yeah. is she not involved in the inner circle anymore? I saw um, a reaction, somebody that was in uh, the courtroom, I think for Radar Online or Radar UK or something, saying that they were doing a, um, a self-reflection huddle right next to Allison Mack and that Allison Mack was not involved in this sort of uh, – Hug. So what's going on there? Do you have any information? She's, I don't have any information on what her position is, although I know she's on house arrest. She's staying at her family's house in the New York, in New York State, I believe. So she has a little bit more freedom, but she is not, I don't think she's allowed to be involved with anything Nexium related right now. Not to say that she isn't, who knows? And mm. she is also taking the fall in the media. And I'm sure you've read some things about this where she's saying, oh, the branding was my idea. Now that's a per, that's a cult member thing to do to take the fall for your leader. And so everyone is like, what the hell is going to happen here? Because she's willing to probably go to prison for life or be killed. You know, she would do anything to save Keith, her master. And she's giving what people think is false testimony about how much she was involved. Because when push comes to shove, if she is still programmed and she's not taken care of psychologically, we'll never know the truth about Keith. She'll never tell it. She'll blame herself for everything. And she's already started doing that. And like you want to talk about money and a lot of people see her as, you know, an actress who probably is so wealthy that you can't even imagine. You cannot even compare the level of wealth between um, a relatively popular actress to these sort of business interests. It's not it's not at all. It's not even comparable. Um, She I wouldn't be surprised if she has less than like five million total earnings in her career for all of the projects that she's done. Um, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of sad because you see how how. I don't want to call her fragile, but she does seem kind of weak, right? And and weak-minded and and easily influenced. And I watched every minute of that um that long interview and 
every single thing that Allison said was wrong. Everything that Keith yep. said was right. Yep. Even if Allison was just repeating what Keith said, it was like, no, because of this circumstance, it's wrong. Or from my perspective, it's right. And it's, it's That's awful. That's his and I, move. That's his move yeah. with women, especially. And I've heard that in interview after interview, he makes sure that everything you do is wrong. So you have to depend on him for the truth, the one truth and the only truth. That's a very cult leader thing to do too. Sick. It's so sick. Yeah. And like going back to what we were talking about earlier in the podcast with, you know, Tarek and Dean, we're not talking about cult them being (laughs) anything along those lines, but I think it just shows like, um, the respect kind of connotation for, for men versus women and just how they view themselves in terms of power dynamics. And, uh, it's crazy that you could honestly convince someone Okay, so here's the situation, right? There's the master, there's the slave, but it's not a real master and it's not a real slave. Right. You know, these things are just uh, just adjectives. It's just just a, a role. But in reality, that's how it is. And you don't see it ever being reversed. You never see a man being a slave to a woman in this situation. So I don't know how they could kind of uh, reconcile that sort of belief, but it just shows that's how hypnotized they are. That's how programmed they are. That's how committed they are to this relationship. Yeah. It's really, really deep. So I'm so glad that you were willing to talk about this. And you just went kind of like way deeper than I even anticipated you would. I thank you for like watching that whole interview. That must've been painful. I watched myself only 20 minutes of that hour and a half interview. I couldn't take it anymore. It like triggered me so bad. I was like, I can't handle watching this cult leader. So good for you for sticking through it and reading all up on Nexium. I'm a, I'm a serial researcher. It's a big issue. And uh, I listened to so many podcasts that I had to download a special app that lets me play at three times the normal speed. So sometimes I talk a little fast, but um, honestly, I just like go through so much content and uh, I love being you. able to talk about different stuff. And Alex and I have actually talked about covering the, the Leah Remney show from A&E, but we were, we just didn't want to go there. We didn't want to open ourselves to that, to anything bad app, you know, and we're not like, we weren't scared, but we were just like, <laughs> why don't we keep it simple and fun and we could still be idiots and not be that serious. But we are getting into talking about some like more serious stuff. Like we're doing um, something on Darren Brown, which I'm really excited to go through as my get a little text message alert. But I, I really like people like that who are not necessarily manipulators, but people who have the power of suggestion or, and who are able to uh, influence things in ways that aren't as aggressive, I guess we could say. I love all that stuff. I'm fascinated by all of this human behavior, human manipulation. I think 90 Day is the perfect show for us because it's all about manipulation and behind the scenes sleight of hand. So it all goes together in my book. That's why I do reality TV and cults as absurd as it seems. I think it's all just, you know, the, the strangest human behavior and how people get wrapped up in stories that aren't necessarily all true. So, but I want to have you one more time before we go. I want you to remind everyone what your podcast is, where they can find you on social media, and how we can follow you. So uh, the podcast is called Nation of Recap. You could find it on YouTube or at nationofpodcast.com. All the podcatchers, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, even your Alexa device. And as well, uh, our co-host, who is not here today because of a little bit of a business emergency, Alex is the moderator of Reddit's 90 Day Fiance page. So you could find that at reddit.com backslash 90 Day Fiance. And it's really a great community over there. There's cast members. There are people who have gone through the K1 experience. He is also the moderator for the Love After Lockup Reddit page. You could find it at reddit.com backslash Love After Lockup. And we just have a great time talking about reality television and scripted television, like we talked about earlier. I think that uh, 
I was so excited to talk about uh, the cult aspect with you, not necessarily because you were in a cult or uh, the the manipulation stuff, but just because like in all the shows that I watch, and even I'm guilty of this looking at um, you know human interaction. When I watch Survivor, when I cover it, I, I see elements of you know cult leaders in there and i see totally. people who are able who are able like for instance there's somebody named boston rob who is probably the uh, best survivor yes. player in history and Agree. he he is a cult leader he's telling everybody okay you're with me you're with me but in reality only one person could be with him and then as you go a little further it's like not only are you with me but if you're talking to them you can't be with us and if someone's leaving this week you can't talk to them. you got to make their life a living hell oh you want some rice you want some coconuts not on the week this person's leaving if they want if they want it they could do it themselves they can make their own fire really elements and there's even people who get up in the middle of the night and burn things and keep people up and <laughs> right now i'm covering big brother 20 i'm like uh 10 weeks in at this point and uh, there's live feeds you could watch 24 7 and this is going on on an everyday basis and you could literally watch on cbslaccess.com and see these things go out in real time and that's something that i'm really interested in and i think that that's why I like reality TV because it triggers so many different emotions, right? Like the cringiness, the interesting aspects of manipulation and just personalities. And then sometimes we see shit shows and other things. And then it brings uh, two people like us together and we get to talk about things that we enjoy. I know. I love it. It's so much fun talking to you. We, we have to do this again. We'll collaborate maybe when Love After Lockup comes back. If you're going to cover that again, I definitely am. So maybe we will get together. It's going to be a new season. I don't know when it's coming, but I am in no matter what. Yeah, me as well. And if you guys want to hit us up on social media, you could do that on Twitter at the underscore Nation of and on Instagram at Nation of Recap. Let us know that Aaron sent you over to us. We had a lot of people come over and say that they they caught us through you coming on the podcast and you had a really good time talking to us. Sometimes Alex and I feel like that like since we're guys that we don't cover like we don't get the full <laughs> perspective and sometimes that people really they, they dm us and say like they really enjoy that that's a different perspective and that's why it's cool to just have this little uh you know intergendered conversation no master and slave dynamics no nothing going no. on like that we're just having fun i won't i won't make you pay me any money or text me in the middle hey. of the night we're good we're good okay thank you jordan we'll talk soon see you later Thanks to Jordan for coming on the podcast for a special bonus episode, Cult Talk about Nexium. Remember to follow him on all platforms and check out Nation of Recaps podcast. It is fantastic. You love 90 Day Fiance. I know you do. They cover it there just like I do. They cover it every single week right after the episode airs. They also cover Big Brother and a whole host of other shows, and they're great. Jordan and Alex are fantastic. Remember to subscribe and leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps get the word out and to Tune in next week for part two of Paul's interview from 90 Day. I'll also be having a special bonus episode again at the end of next week with Mary McClelland from Reality Tea. She is a fantastic recapper who has been on that site for years, recapping your favorite Housewives shows, including uh, all of the big franchises, as well as Vanderpump Rules. She does Below Deck. She watches all of it, guys. So we are going to have so much fun talking everything Bravo, etc. Oh, we got to talk Southern Charm, too. She's deep in just 
just like we are. All right. Remember to follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. Join the Pink Shade with Erin Martin Facebook group. Come over to patreon.com slash pink shade if you want bonus material. I'm releasing a lot over there. Two to four episodes every month at least. And you're going to get some inside scoops that you don't get on the regular podcast as well as support the podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune into Jenny McCarthy. Read my recaps on reality tea. You know where to find me. You can email me too if you go to pinkshadewitherinmartin.com. My email is on there. I love hearing from you. Thank you guys. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I will see you in reality. is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, Casper. Do you happen to like the Harry Potter books? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Me too. That's why we started a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text where we read the whole series chapter by chapter. That's right. And we've just started book seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. If you've spent your whole adult life missing English class and you love Harry Potter, then this is the podcast for you. Listen on your favorite podcast app today. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.